Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Hey, 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 and welcome to episode 30 of the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community for the community from all around the world. I'm your host, Samet. And what are we doing today, boys? Oh, of course, I have to introduce you guys. All the way from New York, America, we got Yasin. Hello, Yasin. How are you doing? Yo, yo, what's good? I'm not used to being uh, introduced first before Emre. I usually like to go after him. He's the boss here. He, he, he runs New York, so I'm doing good, though. Can't complain. I'll allow it. <laughs> we got approval from our mobster, Emre. Well, do you have anything to say, Emre? He went first. I thought I'd switch it up a bit, but... You know, it's all right. We let uh, Yasin have the highlights, you know, the spotlight for once. Yeah. But uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Finally not hosting because you're back. Uh, well, I mean... From parental duties. I think we have to keep you as a host, Emre. People seem to enjoy it much more, so... I don't know. I think it's the the accent. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Must be. Must be the Brooklyn accent. Must be. Let's go uh, right above you guys. We got from Toronto, Canada, our coach, John. How are you, Mr. John? I'm doing well. Hanging in there. We almost so close. We almost had the full crew, but mm. there's always someone that, uh, you know, they have to let us down. So <coughs> saw it. <clears throat> we'll, you know. we'll give them a piece of our mind next time. But the good news for you, Summit, is mm -hmm. that I hope you'll be wide awake because he's not going to put you to sleep with his fact of the week this time, right? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you have one for us, John, in his place. Me? No, 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 no. That's not my job. Well, with that said, with. Sally out, we do have a very special guest. He's been canceling on us every time, last minute. He has a weird English accent. Give it up for Australian Kangaroo Mazar. <laughs> right, I was here last week. I didn't see you here last week, so maybe you're the one canceling on us. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the reverse Uno card. Mm, mm, yeah. So what do we have today? Well, first of all, let me start by saying good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You might be listening to us while doing groceries. You might be listening to us while running around, jogging around, running from the cops, doing vacuuming in the house, chores in the house, whatever. Just listen to us because today we have prepared a lot of special things. Well, I actually forced the guys to prepare a lot of special things. Because, you know, hard to work with. I have to command them. They need a dictatorship. So we're going <laughs> to give you a few Too minutes. Too many big egos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Especially Yasin. God. Unbearable, that guy. The fame is getting to his head, man. Indeed. We had around five new transfers last week. I wasn't there. So you guys didn't do your homework. And now <laughs> Excuse you. Excuse you. I did do my homework. We, we, need, we okay. need to give credit to Emmer here. He, he did it on time while the rest of us were like, wait, what? Homework? Question mark? So he did it <laughs> way in advance. Got to give him credit for that. Yeah, no, Emre is goat. I already said this uh, multiple times. On Emre, you can trust. Aw. Mm. 
So there's not much news, guys. Um, so I didn't prepare anything for that. Do you have any news that uh, I should be aware of, Angala? Recently, there hasn't been much news. All I know is Adnan Polat is back again in Galatasaray's radar after 11 years of not dealing with the club at all. He was at the game against Konya. And it was nice to see, actually. 11 years? 11 years, apparently, yeah. Why didn't he come to the game for 11 years? I'm... I'm I'm gonna assume it's because of the whole you know the non Ibra situation that happened back in you know late 2000s, mm. and after that, ever since that, it's just been like there's been beef within the club, and yeah. it seems like lately Dursun Özbek had kind of like dissolved that beef, and and there's like new connections again. And Adnan Polat, funny enough, he's gonna be involved in a lot of the new projects um, our unit team is going through, our board put forward. So. Yeah. For example, the Riva projects, him and Adnan Timur, Adnan Polak, is going to be involved together constructing the new uh, fields and whatnot, the training ground. So it's nice to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also know that uh, Dursun Özbek indeed had uh, several board meetings over the past week and he made up with uh, Liseli Taifa. Um, hence, maybe uh, one of the reasons that Adnan Polat uh, decided to come. And uh, funny because I was listening to uh, Suleiman, you know, his, uh, his little show. Up, and he's yeah. like, this is the, f- yeah, he's like, this is the first time that I haven't seen Lisilidar fight after a meeting like that. Everyone got up, clapped. I mm-hmm. he was like, in like, what, 30 years, this is new. So it's nice. It's a new coming of Galsaray. Everyone is united, huh? Seems like it. It's funny. We usually come out of chaos really well <laughs> when we get our championships, but now it's different. Good yeah. vibes only. Yeah, yeah. Vibes only. Good vibes only, indeed. <laughs> But, you know, other than that news, I do want to say we are kind of like so close and even sat on the top of the board. We were first, boys. Let's bring it up. Oh, yeah. Of course, Adana took that position, but we'll be right back. (laughs) End of this week. (laughs) Oh, yeah. but, uh, uh, how do you guys feel about that? Adana's taken our fame from that first spot, but also last uh, we scored the earliest goal this week in the Super League this season. And the very next day, Adana was like, you know what? Not only am I going to take your first place spot, I'm also going to take the spot for the earliest goal in the season. So I think we scored in like 50-something seconds yesterday. Yeah. And Adana scored bro, even earlier today. Bro, you know what I was thinking? I w- because it was Belhanda who scored, right? I was like, I was just thinking, like he's watching the, he was watching our game the other day. He saw Sergio score, and he was probably like, I can do that, man. Like who, Any, who, anything who, you can do, I can do yeah, better. Yeah, right? like who's Sergio? <laughs> I can do that. And then he scores in the first minute too. Like yeah, Belhanda, man. I mean, it, it's kind of they're our second club, kind of Demir Saray Spor, right? Yeah, exactly. They have like I four wish players, well. <laughs> ex players. Yeah, exactly. Did you guys have any any personal things to bring? Some dreams you'd like to discuss before we move on to our homework? What are those? <laughs> what do you mean, dreams. what are those? Dreams? You don't have dreams, Emre? Bro, I can't remember the last time I had dreams. That's maybe because I don't sleep like any normal person. Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. You got to do something <laughs> about that. Emre, have you ever taken vitamin B, like B16 yeah, I have or something? It. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I, one B, of those vitamin, vitamin beans, bro, they they, they fuck you up in your dreams i swear every time you take it's like a known thing by the way if you google it it's there yeah Yeah. there's like a specific vitamin version i forget it's b12 or b16 
it gives you the most vivid, craziest dreams. Like when people take this vitamin, they wake up the next day like sweating. Like <laughs> I read about <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> bro, everyone um, tonight, put on the Tedim documentary, take a couple of those, and let's see what happens. Have you taken vitamin D, Siasin, ever? Vitamin D? Yeah. Is, is this a joke? Are you, are you trying <laughs> yeah, to get somewhere yeah. with this? Yeah, I can see his face. Look at his face. Look at his face. He's about to set you up, man. Uh, he's he's licking his lips. <laughs> when you see that happening, your mouth should be salivating, like eyes fully open. Yes, that's, oh, yeah. how, that's how Summit was right now, exactly. Uh, so, so no particular dreams you want to talk about, Yasin? No, I know what you're trying to get at. I, I kind of forgot my dream. Uh, I know I had one that was specific to Galsa, I think it was, but I, I kind of forgot it already. It's like one of those things where you dream, you remember it that day, like that morning, and then you just forget about it. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I had the weirdest dream, actually, that just popped into my mind. It's very strange, so I'll keep it short. I was somewhere in Africa or something, and I was doing this ayahuasca thing. This guy promised me the future that I will see it, gave me a few drugs, put me down, and I, um, I was sweating, like you said. Maybe it was vitamin D, B, actually. <laughs> I almost <laughs> trapped myself there. Bro, what kind of shaitan is in this dream? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, let's just move on to our homework, should we? Yeah, let's get straight into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we do it in order? Who was the first transfer that we had? Um... Icardi, right? No, no. I want to do mine last. Yo, guys, hey, don't you, mind. You, 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 can't, you can't just pick that. There's an order no, to this, No, no, right? no, no, no. That means that it's really good, bro. We have to respect that. All right, all right. That I don't want to go first. I was the first to finish it. I want to be the last to present. All right. All right. All right so, so we got Ross here. We got Icardi, Rashika, Mata, and Yusuf Demir. Um, like, maybe Rashika first because he's on loan, so he's not here long term, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right, fuck if, you too, If Maz is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where you say on a meta, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going first. That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right, put my, put my first. All right, I'll pull yours. All right, here we go with Mazar Rashica. Milut Rashica, born in 1996 in the former Republic of Yugoslavia. Rashica made his professional debut at the age of 16 for Vushria, the team of the city he was born in. In 2015, he was transferred to Vitesse. He was able to score 15 times and fight 24 assists in 100 games. His performance in the Eredivisie attracted the attention of Werder Bremen, transferring him for 8.1 million euros. Here, he found 27 goals and 19 assists in 100 games. His performance attracted the likes of Norwich City, transferring him for 11 million euros in 2021. Unfortunately, his time in Norwich wasn't so great. They were by far the worst team in the Premier League, and eventually they relegated to the Championship Division. This impacted Rashica's performance severely. Before he came to Norwich, he was known for his speed, scoring ability and technique. But due to the situation around his team, he was not able to display any of the attributes to his full potential. He made 35 appearances last season, scoring twice and also assisting twice. This may seem concerning, but Norwich was only able to score 23 goals the entire season. If we were to look at Rashid's attributes, scoring ability is definitely the first thing that should be mentioned. He can play on both wings, but prefers to play on the right wing, hugging the line. When he plays on the left, 
He prefers to play as an inverted winger, having his eyes directly on the goals. When he plays on the right wing, as I previously mentioned, he hugs the line. This allows him to help the team play wider. The extra space will enable goals today to more effectively utilize their set plays. We can also expect him to make plenty of runs behind the defenders. Using his high pace, he will have no problem leaving the opposition defenders in the wind, as long as Mertens can deliver those tight passes. On the left wing, Rashica will definitely be able to make those final passes that we unfortunately couldn't connect so far this season. He will definitely once again be looking to prove himself to Europe, so we can expect him to play his heart out for the red and yellow side. Okay. I thought that was pretty informative. Yeah, I, did, I didn't I didn't know Rashid played left like that. That's actually really good yep. for us. You meant you said that Rashidza plays wide, right? Yep. Get him in. Get him in, bro. <laughs> Get him in, Get him in right him. away. Get him in, bro. Right away. That John's favorite words. <laughs> wide. Why is that, John? Well, for anyone that's been listening, I've had the same complaint for a while, which I don't really have anymore. But the first two games this season what i witnessed was like oh my god well i i showed you guys anyways i when i was talking about it the heart rate mm -hmm. you know yeah, i was yeah, chilling and then i showed you the heart rate <laughs> it went up to like 120 beats per minute talking about it so yeah no i know it's just a quick recap it's like for anyone that hasn't here heard yeah or, yeah no uh, if, 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 if it's your first time listening or you forget or whatever it is my biggest complaint at the start of the season was that we had no control over the game couldn't keep the ball and i thought that that was probably because we were playing so narrow, right? And our, you know, arguably the two best wingers in the league who could be playing so wide, opening the field for us and helping us keep possession, were playing like next to the striker, basically, which was pissing me off. So Mazar said Rashica can play nice and wide. Uh, get him in, bro. Right away, get him in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So far, he's played once, I think, Milo. Yeah. Yeah. He came but, in, yeah. played for seven minutes. What did you guys think of him so far? I mean, it was probably a little bit hard to judge from those minutes, but I, I, like, I was thinking this during the match as well. Like, what scenario are we going to use him in? And like, you, you know, how is the foreigner situation going to be? Like, is it, I guess the only, the only way it works is having the other winger, like Kerem or Yunus, Berkan and Abdul Kerem. Is he, is he know. faster? Is he faster than Yunus and Kerem, Rashiska? Um, we haven't seen it yet, so it's hard to say, but he's, he's known to be fast and he's known to make runs behind defenders. Because um, that's I guess, exactly, yeah. yeah I, I, I guess it's a long season, um, bro. Like, yeah, for now, it might look, look like, oh, when are we going to actually use him? He's, he's Yabanja and we already have two good wingers that are Yale. We don't know if Hiram's going to get injured or Yunus. God that's forbid. the thing, yeah. That's the yeah. Thing. I was going to say, like, I feel like the only, one of the good areas that you can really use him is against teams that press really high and use offside traps, right? If he's fast, he can, you know, we can throw balls over their defense and utilize them that way. That's no, one way I can think. Yeah. Also, it's good for Kerem and Yunus to know, like, your seats aren't guaranteed anymore. Yeah. Like someone's They're on your ass, bro. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's somewhat guaranteed because of this stupid rule. Yeah. That's true. They're suspecting next season it'll be gone, but can't say anything for sure in Turkey, honestly. And and even still, uh, like last game, another thing I've been just saying every single time is about Kazımcan using Kazımcan. 
And last mm-hmm. game, he wasn't even in the squad. Yeah. Like, bro, that would open up a lot of, there's a lot of different, you know, variations that you can, you can run with when you use him, Abdul Kerim, and then, you know, one of the other wingers. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, yeah. I, I hope Okan Buruk, uh, he comes around, you know, we'll see. Let's move on to the next one. We want to hear you. Me? I don't have yeah. anything. No? No. What? Summit didn't give himself homework. <laughs> That's crazy. Nice. Remember, he's a dictator, right? No, a true leader <laughs> knows how to delegate, my friend. <laughs> wow, I'm, Look, I'm very if, surprised if, to hear that. If we're going to be uh, right about it, I think we should stick with another winger, which would be, you know, Yusuf. So maybe we should move on to him. Some, yeah, some yeah. of the things that uh, Maz said to explain Rashika is actually kind of relevant to Yusuf as well, with mm-hmm. some differences, maybe key differences with how they're going to be played throughout the season. So maybe we can move on to that one. Uh, who did thinking. Yusuf Demir? I did. So ah. play it. Let's see it. Let's okay. See it. Let's see. Let's go. Here we go. Yusuf Demir. Oh, sorry. My bad. I was just watching Yusuf Demir clip. I mean, Lionel Messi. My bad. My bad. Anyways, where were we? All right, Yusuf Demir introduction video. Oh man, do we have ourselves a treat with this kid. Still only a teenager at 19 years old with the sky being his limit. So let's learn a little bit about his background first. He's 19 years old and was born and raised in Vienna, Austria to Turkish parents whose roots happen to be in Trabzon, Turkey. Yup, that's right. He's a Karadeniz boy, just like me. He quickly made a name for himself in Austrian football when he became the youngest Austrian to score in the Champions League at age 17 and 3 months old. Many consider him Austria's best football talent today and the best since Galatasaray fan David Alba. He did so well in Austria that he caught Barcelona's eye in Spain. In July 2021, Barcelona announced the loan of Yusuf Demir for 500,000 euros and with the option to buy him for 10 million obligatory if he reached 10 appearances. The original plan was for Yusuf to join the Barcelona B team, but at the time coach Ronald Koeman called Yusuf to the A team sooner than expected. In hindsight, many fans saw this to be the mistake that put too much pressure on Yusuf. Ultimately, Barcelona decided not to buy Yusuf and he returned back to Rapid Vienna. An opportunity was born. Fast forward to September 2022, Galsai out of absolutely nowhere announced a permanent transfer of Yusuf for 6 million euros to be paid over 4 years. Yusuf signed a 4 year deal earning on average 800,000 euros a year. But let's get into his footballing abilities and what we can expect though, shall we? He is a left footed attacking player often seen on the right wing as an inverted winger but also has the ability to play behind the striker. Yusuf is a creative player with great technique on the ball. You will always find him moving into open space and asking for the ball. He isn't the paciest of players, but he has quick acceleration and can change directions very quickly. If Yusuf is on the field, he will try to push his team forward and into finishing positions. Although at the age of 19, it may not be greatly fine-tuned yet, but Yusuf enjoys dribbling and cutting inside from the wing. With his vision and versatility in the attack, it's no surprise he enjoys a free attacking, grant, free attacking role 
granting him the freedom to roam the pitch and find space. You'll see him running directly at defenders with pace and ability to dribble or find the pass and cross. He's one of those high IQ players that know how to beat defenders with feints and subtle tricks. If you combine this with his quick acceleration, I'm sure you can see why he is a danger. To be able to bring a player of this much talent and this much potential to the Turkish League at age 19 is a huge accomplishment no matter how you look at it. There is no doubt the rest of Europe will keep a close eye on Yusuf going forward and it's now up to us to help him reach his new heights. Nice. Bro, can I That's just... That's Yusuf for you. Can I just say... <laughs> I'm I'm so happy. I'm so happy right now because I know and I can and I can also I can still hear it in my head the sound clip that Samet is going going to prepare of you saying, "Yup, that's right. He's a cutter than his boy just like me." <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so happy with this. <laughs> That was a banger, though, dude. Holy, that intro. The way you went into that. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy, nah. bro. Good job, Anka Messi. Messi. Anka Messi. Anka Messi. Yeah, the comedy, That's the crazy. acting, the voice acting. So That's good. crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But uh, in general, Yusuf Demir, yeah, he still has a long way to go. Mm -hmm. We've seen him play like two games now. Uh, not full minutes, of course, but uh, there's some deficiencies I see, like in, in terms of defensive stats would be very low if you look at how he is compared to Mertens. Mertens just insane stealing the ball. Yeah. Of course, now I'm comparing the his winger uh, to Yusuf, who's more of a 10. But uh, yeah, well, the question is, can we develop players? I'm sure Mertens has a lot to learn, Yusuf, so we will see with the time. I think we're decent with developing players. Look, center backs are coming to us and they're getting better. Like, look at Marco when he first came and look at when Nelson first came to us. Now look at them. They're beasts. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a doubt in my mind that we can develop these players. But I wanted to say, he's not really a 10, is he, Asin? He's more of a winger, right? He's like more, he, but he can play a 10, but he's more of a winger. Yeah. This is your uh, guy. You I, did your research, right? From what, I, from what I've seen, he definitely plays more on the right wing. Like I said, as an inverted winger. So, I mean, I, I hate to say it because, you know, people don't like it, but comparing players to Messi, I that's one way that I would compare him to Messi, right? Messi plays on the right wing, but he finds himself inside often as well, making those passes, you know, cutting with his left foot. Yusuf is also a left-footed player. You know, he doesn't have the same pace that Messi does, but, you know, he has that ability to dribble with his left foot inside, take those shots or find those passes. He likes to go directly at defenders when he when he dribbles. I mean, we kind of try, saw him try to I do it yesterday. That, yeah. He failed. I'm not going to lie. That's why I specifically wrote, like, he still has to fine-tune this ability to dribble. But he's trying, you know. Once he gets that Özgüven and that, you know, that trust and that, uh, you know, once he's able to fine-tune that, it's going to be dangerous in this league. Because how often do you see somebody in this league actually take on defenders one-on-one, -on -one, like, straight at him? Very few times. Emre Moore is somebody that comes to my mind in this league. And... He's he's still got to fine tune that final pass, but like, it's it's hard to defend that kind of player because he's right, so right. short. You know, he has that low gravity too, so it's it's hard to really stop him in this league. And mm -hmm. I, I hope he plays often because that's how he's going to get better. If he's on the bench all the time, it's going to be a while before we see him actually reach his potential. Yeah, he is not Turkish though. He is Austrian and counted as a foreigner in the Super League, yeah. right? Yep, yep. He knows better Turkish than Emre Moore, and he's counted as a 
Emre Moore doesn't wife. even know one word in Turkish, bro. I think he just knows Tamamabe. Yeah, but it. it doesn't make any sense. Why would you count Yusuf Demir Turkish, play him as a Turk, if he does not have the Turkish passport? But it, it like Emre Moore has a Turkish passport. But I don't know if it's it's just the the fact that he's he's already pledged to the Austrian national team. Now there's two topics on that. Honestly, one. Does he have the passport? No, so he's not qualified. Two, if he had the passport, would he be qualified? But no, I, I, because I, I he played five games for Austria. We, I think we have to or, figure out the truth about this. Or, like, I don't, I don't think the passport matters. I really I, don't. What do you mean? Like, of course we've it had, matters. No, because we've had... Uh, so we've had... Cousin, 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 yeah, Colin, he cousin, has a passport. yeah, but he, but he, his mom is from, his mom is from Cyprus and his dad is from some other country. Like, I don't, I don't, and he was born in but England. he has a passport. I don't think the, he did. I don't think he did have I, the passport. I think he does. I think, I think the problem is maybe his parents never applied for his Turkish passport, which you have to do at birth. And that's the only way you can get dual nationality in Austria because they don't accept double nationalities. And when it's too late, it's too late. So he had only an Austrian passport and he couldn't get the second one. This is just speculation, of course. I don't know the specifics, but um, yeah, I, don't I think you this, do need yeah. the Turkish nationality to play for Turkey, obviously. Yeah. But it's uh, also worth... Yeah. I just want to quickly say, like, since he brought up Kazim Kazim, the rules changed, I think, uh, in early 2010s or something like that. Yes, possibly, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Kazim Kazim joined the Militsakum 2007. Yeah. So I believe it might have changed. Maybe you have a point, but because of something that changed, it's no longer relevant. Because I don't know if you guys remember. Do you guys know who Jem uh, Karam? Not Karam. What was his Karajan? Karaj- yeah, yeah, Jem Karajan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he was the same situation. Like, I remember I seeing an interview. Like, that guy knows no Turkish. Like, his dad is Turkish. His mom is English. I don't know. I don't even think he's ever stepped foot in Turkey before, but he's eligible. <laughs> So, but I think you're right, Yasin. I think the rules changed. All these, like, all this fighting in the media that I see is so useless. Okay, look, the, the rules changed 2015. Everyone before that picked their teams, they can still count as Turkish citizens and play as Turkish citizens in the league. But after that, you can't. And yeah. so, Yusuf made his decision, okay? You can't just give him Turkish, you know, status because then it won't be fair to, like, Emre Moore or, like, Ferdi Kadol, who picked Turkey over Netherlands and Denmark, respectively. You know, because Daniel, it's like having a cake and eating it too. It would be that for Yusuf. Mm-hmm. So they made their choice and that's it. Like Gal said, I knew this before going in. Well, I don't know why they're even expecting besides the different. Even besides the choice fact, he ha- doesn't have the password to me. So no password. Yeah, why are we arguing no about it? Like why? Exactly. Do we- I don't get yeah. the whole discussion, honestly. He's just another Halil Dervishola. Do you guys hear this? Like... Emre, you have you have the ability to do. It. I want that sound clip so we can play it in the future when Yusuf yep. becomes something big. I know we, we can go back and be like, now, bro. "I rate Yunus Akgün over Yusuf Demir." Sorry, bro. What? Yeah. What do you mean? What? Yo, can you tell crazy, me? Crazy, bro. Summit likes players that lose the ball nine hundred <laughs> times. Seems like <laughs> yeah, like Yusuf Demir. Yeah, like Yusuf Demir. Sure, bro. I think someone, someone has a. Go ahead, go ahead. I know what it is, bro. I know what it is. He, someone has a thing against cutter Dennis people, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's bro, what it is. I was gonna say, think about it. Just, just, just think about it. I was gonna but say, he somebody... doesn't like me. Yeah, true. I'm cutter Dennis. Like, he doesn't like 
Yusuf, he's Cardenas. He doesn't like Halil. He's Cardenas. Oh. Even though Halil is Dutch, because he's Cardenas, it's just like too overpowering for Summit. And he hates it. He hates it. Now he's bullshit. What's wrong, bro? Did, did you have like an ex-girlfriend that broke your heart and she was from Cardenas <laughs> or something? Tell me, tell me nah, the truth, bro. I don't date big nose. <laughs> that's, that's that's not all Cardenas people, by the way. That's, uh, well, actually, I'm not going to say it. I don't know. Have you checked the mirror? <laughs> nah, I'll say it. That's Trubs on this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. My, my mom's side is kind of then his luck and say it. That's, that's true. To, to all the trubs on the big nose guys listening, you know, we love you. Some it doesn't, but we love you. Uh, I don't discriminate, bro. I love everyone. <laughs> anyway, really. Before this goes, uh, <laughs> this, this ends bad, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Speaking of imposters, let's run Sali. He had the homework to do Mata. He delivered, you know, because you need to dictate. You need to get the work done, even if they don't show up. So let's listen to Juan Matas by Sally. Who is Juan Mata? Brought up in the Tiki Taka era, a player that during his prime always has been a mainstay in the Spain squad. A Premier League great that has played for the likes of Chelsea and Manchester United who at 34 years of age, after having this amazing career, wanted to add more by moving to Galatasaray. His career started at Real Oviedo Youth. He pressed the scouts enough to make a transfer to the Giants in Los Blancos in Real Madrid. In 2003, during his academy days, he had the opportunity to watch the A-team, who had the likes of Zidane, Ronaldo and Figo. While the Galacticos wanted to take over the world, Barca invested heavily in the youth academy, bringing up the likes of Iniesta and Xavi. Real Madrid tried to do the same, but for Mata, this meant that he was transferred to Valencia in 2007 for free. Wearing the number 10 shirt, playing mainly on the left wing, you could say he had a successful stint, as he had played a total of 174 games, of which he scored 46 times and had 52 assists. He wanted to grow further career-wise, and in 2010, after the lifting the World Cup, he looked to move forward. And so, a club answered. This is a club that Mazar can talk about for hours, as probably his favorite manager in that club's history decided to sign him. As in, in 2011, Andreas Villas-Boas, or known as AVB, transferred Juan Mata to Chelsea for 26 million euros. Here's position started to change as he was playing from left wing to right wing, but mainly at the 10th position. At Chelsea, he played a total of 135 games, of which he scored 32 times and had 58 assists. This is also the club where he won the Champions League with Chelsea in 2012. The famous final against Bayern Munich in their own home ground. And in the winter of 2014, in came Manchester United, who decided to transfer Juan Mata for a fee of 44 million euros. At the start he did play regularly, but after Mourinho came and from that point onwards he, his playtime started to dwindle. This is mainly due to the pace of the Premier League and Juan Mata not being able to keep up with the high-paced football that is played in the English league. Now the question becomes, what skills does Juan Mata offer to the table? Well first of all he's known to be an alpha male, a silent one in that, and a good motivator. Also, like most Spanish players, he doesn't play with speed, 
but rather with his brain. So in that, he sees the play and how the game evolves in a different way. Now what are these traits that we as fans can see? One of which is that he can remove pressure delivered by the opponents, he can deliver excellent long balls, is an excellent set-piece taker, just like Sergio Oliveira, and also takes very good long shots. Despite being 34 and physically on the weaker side, he did win the two biggest cups in the world, in the Champions League and the World Cup, and is also one of the most prolific midfielders in the Premier League. So the expectation for him is to start most games, especially as he earns 1.1 million euros and has signed a 1 plus 1 deal. What? 1.1 million? Wasn't it 1.9 million euros? Correct, 1.9. Oof, I'm going to punish Salah so hard on he, this. He, he really embarrassed all the Dutchies in the last sentence. C+. Eh? plus. <laughs> 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 but uh, what did you think, Maz? Huh? What did I think? Nah, it, it, it was good. He covered mostly all areas, especially um, when he talked about his attributes. When he said Matt couldn't keep up with the pace of the Premier League, that was exactly right. I think it was John said it last week. Um, and he summed it up perfectly. You can expect Mata to do everything. He just won't run. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's the best way to describe him. Let's move on then since we uh, don't have much time unless you have something very important to say. Yasin? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Next one is then John since Emre wants to go last. Matthias Ross Jensen by our coach, John. Who is Matthias Ross? On September 8, 2022, Galatasaray announced that they began negotiations for the transfer of Matthias Ross. The 21-year-old Danish centre-back joins Galatasaray from Aalborg on a four-year deal that will reportedly earn him a yearly salary of 400,000 euros, with a transfer fee of 1.75 million euros being paid to his club. Born in January 2001 in Aalborg, Denmark, Matthias Ross began playing football at 10 years old at a local youth club in his city. By the time he was 13, the young Matthias joined the Aalborg Academy where he would spend the rest of his years as a youth player. At the age of 17, Matthias Ross continued his Aalborg journey with the U17 team. He was rarely featured in any matches though, as there were many players in his position that were preferred ahead of him. He would often be included in the reserve team or as a substitution in the dying minutes of the match. Matthias Ross eventually was able to cement himself as a starting player in the Aalborg youth teams before he made his professional debut in 2018. He was substituted in the 27th minute for an injured teammate against Reinders in a match that eventually ended in a 2-2 draw. Following the match, Matthias Ross received praise from the Danish media stating that he was excellent in his debut. Following his debut, he was permanently promoted to the first team where he was utilized a total of three times in the season. As seasons passed, Matthias Ross was developing into a bright talent for Aalborg, who eventually made him one of the team's captains. Aalborg sporting director Alan Gard described Ross as a major success story from the club's youth academy, an extraordinary defensive talent, and says that he has gone through colossal development and continues to improve regularly. Matthias Ross is not often described as the most gifted player technically, but he is highly rated when considering his physical and mental attributes. Fans of Aalborg have commonly described Ross as being a physical player with good defensive awareness and positioning. Standing at 6'3", Matthias Ross is known for having a good aerial presence. 
This naturally makes him a useful player in aerial duels and a threat on set pieces. Ross is also praised for his maturity and professionalism at such a young age, which is one of the key factors to his success so far. Alborg fans will also compliment his bravery and determination in matches. With all of this said though, it seems that Matthias Ross would not yet quite be ready to start for a club like Galatasaray, but he is certainly in position to grow into a first team player, hopefully one day filling the shoes of his countryman and teammate Victor Nelson. One can assume that Okan Buruk will plan to use Matthias Ross as a depth player during this season, who may feature in cup matches or as a substitution in the final moments of league matches. With rumours circulating this past summer of Victor Nelson heading out of the club, it is expected that Matthias Ross will continue to grow and develop as a player in order to one day cement himself as a key player for Galatasaray. Oof. That was pretty solid, AF. <laughs> That was solid, Jim. I like that. You touched on everything okay. that I liked in my own research and more, and the music was fire. Gotta get that Viking, those Viking beats, bro. Reminds me of Valheim. <laughs> yeah, bro, <laughs> the game where uh, Yasin occupied my uh, land for no bro, reason. You so, you <laughs> did you did you not give me permission though? There was I like never all this did. Space on the side. I never did. I put up a sign: "Patitarim haters are not allowed here." <laughs> <laughs> and you still went and built a shitty house there, bro. Samat has like uh, a really? check. He has like a notepad of like every single thing he holds a grudge for against against Yasin. Well, well I, I whenever the moment comes up, existed. he just flips through it. Oh, this one's perfect for this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know what's the worst thing? Oh god, he never finished the house he was trying to oh, build. It's like half, half a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I built the first floor. I was floor. helping you too. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, Emmer literally spent hours on Valheim with me just going over how to build a house and everything. And then I just never came back to finish it. All for nothing. Jeez, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any any points to mention, John, about Ross or should we move on? Yeah, no, not really. Maybe just one thing that I, I didn't realize, just super quick. Uh, Victor Nelson is six foot one. Matthias Ross is six foot three. And I, oh, yeah, he's a big boy. He, he's a really big mm. boy. And um, like I said, he in got the, called up to the under 21 national team. Yep, yep, yep. And, and like I said in the little piece there, um, he's probably not going to play that much. But what, I, what I'm hoping in, the, in this time he's not playing, I, I hope he's uh, getting in really good shape, maybe putting on some weight, mm -hmm. bulking up a little bit. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think he'll be a, a unit in some time. I hope so. That's, that's what Nelson did in one year. He he grew so much in size; it was incredible. That's Just yeah, we exactly. we need this from Matthias Ross because he's he, yeah he's a big boy, but he's a little bit he's kind of skinny, you know. If he can fill out mm. a little bit, GG's. I need him to be ready by the time you know the winter awesome transfer race. season's over. Because yeah, we don't know if he's staying or not. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully he, he stays, yeah. but uh, there's a risk that he does not. You should hang out with uh, Lucas Torreira so he can eat those kebabs and uh, put some weight <laughs> yeah. on. Okay, okay. Thank you. Salam alaikum, my friend. Salam alaikum. Vamos. Bim bom bom. Bye, bim bom bom. Vamos. <laughs> All right. Mr. Goat, Emre, what did you prepare for us? All right, so last time, my presentation wasn't good because, like, you know, I, I, I didn't think we were going to go hard, and then Summit comes, like, the, <laughs> the nerdy kid in class, drops, like, one of the best ones. And so, me, I'm, I'm that kid that sees that other kid that goes hard. I'm like, all right, I'm going to beat him. So, <laughs> I, I went pretty hard with mine. So, 
Hope you guys like it. And it, it, it kind of makes sense for me to go last because it's a Cardi, bro. Yeah, 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 true. Right? It makes sense for me to go last. Yeah. And it's a, it's it's probably the longest one of, of all you because I didn't know it had to be shorter, but hope you guys like it. Okay. All right. Let's we go. got Icardi by our own Emre. Now here we go. Mauro Emmanuel Icardi, born February 19, 1993, in the land that seems to only be known for producing legendary players like Messi, Rosario, Argentina. Icardi is what you call clinical, the guy you call to get a job done. We are for the money. Known to be one of the most prolific finishers in the last decade, playing 360 games while scoring in 197 goals and assisting 51 times. Starting his football tenure at the age of 9, he played for Vecindario and not long finding himself within the ranks of La Masia at Barcelona between the years of 2008 and 2011. Feeling that staying with Barcelona wasn't the right move, he made a transition to Sampdoria's youth squad. After all, breaking into the ranks of first team in Barcelona during the years of prime Guardiola was difficult when he had the likes of Thierry Henry, Eto, David Villa and such at his disposal. Being part Italian origin, Sampdoria was what felt like a breath of fresh air for the Argentine as his performance here is what would catapult him to the center stage of his career. His 33 appearances with 11 goals would go on to get him the attention of Inter Milan and eventually signing with them in 2013 until 2020 for a price tag of 13 million euros. Icardi would go on to score 124 goals assisting 29 times in 219 appearances grabbing the title of top scorer two times. As many know, Serie A is known to be one of the roughest leagues strikers because of how tactical and defensive the league bases its ideology around. So this kind of performance was bound to attract the likes of Real Madrid and the oil barons PSG. Yes, we all know them. They see something they like, they buy. And as far as they're concerned, financial fair play is a myth. And they wanted a Cardi. In September of 2019, El Nino del Partido, aka Party Boy, chose to head to the land of baguettes and fine wine to join Paris Saint-Germain on a loan for a buyout price tag of 60 million euros. Nice. Despite doing relatively well with PSG, scoring 38 goals and assisting 10 times, winning the crown title in League One, it seemed that he could not get in favor with any of the manager that PSG had at the helm during his tenure. During PSG's Champions League final in 2020, he was on the bench despite being the team's leading scorer. Yes. Not helping his situation, he was fleeced with injuries, COVID, and one of his biggest issues in life to date is personal life. Now here, you could film a Hollywood drama if you wanted to. Let me introduce you to a little side character at Cardi's life named Wanda Nara. The Argentine personality, formerly married to Maxi Lopez, who was Cardi's teammate while at Sampdoria, who she decided to leave Maxi for. Wanda not only married Cardi, but became his manager as well. This had affected Cardi greatly as many looked down on him for breaking up a marriage. He was criticized in Argentine tabloids and even by the great Maradona himself. This is part of the reason why he would find himself excluded out of the Argentinian national team, you know, the team that relied on Higuain only appearing eight times and scoring just once. His relationship with Wanda has been a roller coaster, and this has caused him to completely fall out of favor with PSG as it affected his performance. Falling out with many in his previous path. Now here he is, finding himself at Galceray for the season of 2023 on alone. Galceray, a team that has some of the highest attacking stats but sits at currently four goals scored, an average of 16.4 shots per game, but only a 5% conversion rate. 
AI. Please excuse the outdated metrics. This was recorded right after our transfer deadline. I was the only one that completed their homework the day after. Sorry to bring you this update. Our current metrics stand at 9 goals scored, 17.71 shots taken per game on average, and our conversion rate now sits at 7%, a 2% increase. Now to take you back to this fine program. Star Troopers have better accuracy than our current forwards, and so will Icardi be our Han Solo. Being what they call Fox in the Box, Icardi has impeccable technique, intelligence, movement, and positioning in the penalty area. I am the danger. And this is what allows him to get into plenty of positions, but most importantly, his one-touch finishing is what will bring the difference. Icardi has had plenty of seasons where his conversion rate has been on average 30%. That's finishing one in almost every three chances you receive. Now, we have Icardi. But is Icardi really here mentally? Will Icardi match Okan Buruk's high press strategy? As we know, he's not the fastest nor is he the most nimble. Will our wingers and wingbacks feed Icardi enough? Will his relationship to Wanda hinder his performance? We don't know, but there's many question marks and many patience to be given Okan Buruk. Holy shit! Emre, what the fuck have I am you done, lost bro? for words, bro. I Holy did say I went shit. hard, bro. Bro, that's, no, that's not hard. That's not hard, bro. That's something I'm, else. I'm right never there, doing bro. homework again, bro. There's no point. <laughs> there, there, there's no <laughs> point, bro. Oh my god. Pack, pack it up, boys. We're going home. <laughs> done. <laughs> With bro, at the start when the beat kicked in, I'm like, Emre's about to drop the most fire freestyle. <laughs> bro. <laughs> nah, and then when he started talking, I'm like, this is like those Italian mafia movies when the boss is talking about the heist and is planning everything. And he's got like all the boys <laughs> around the table and shit. That's exactly what it felt like. That's so spot on. Tony Montana at the end? <laughs> Tony Montana at the end, bro? Yeah, he gave me like South American vibes. He called he's South American, right? But so I was like, oh all right, let God, me put in some uh, Scarface. That's crazy. Yeah. Bro, like the side comments to like, let me introduce you <laughs> to a side character, Wanda. I'm like, yeah. what? The carefully Bro. put sound clips here and there. And then that the cut on the update. Yeah. I put some respect yeah. on it. I put some respect he, he on it. basically yeah. did homework twice right there, Bro, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, man. Mm. I mean, you should be proud of yourself, man. That was incredible. I, yeah. I probably Thank hyped you, you up for like a card even more than you already were, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a card. I was like, okay, I have the opportunity here to do, you know, a really Something dope crazy. job. Right? Exactly. <laughs> he had a lot of uh, history. So I was like, yo, I could make this work. I could make this funny. So <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you guys. I- <laughs> yeah, that That's awesome to end on for sure. That's the episode, right? Well, we didn't even talk about Konya yet. We are, uh, yeah, uh, we didn't talk about Konya, but we've been going in so hard let's let's do like 10 15 minutes and then close it off mr coach john you want to give us the konya stats i would love to give you the konya stats so this was match day seven uh round seven of the super league this was galatasaray versus konya sport we were at home uh this one finished 2-1 it was a 2-1 win we keep the train rolling i'll jump into uh the starting 11 which remained the same. Uh, Backline, Sasha Boy, Victor Nelson, Emin Bayram, Patrick Van Anholt, Lucas Torreira, Sergio Oliveira, Mertens, Karam, Yunus, Bafetimbi Gomis. Of course, we can't forget Muslera in goal. Drop some stats for you guys. 54% ball possession, 46% for Konya. 18 shots we took in total. Uh, Konya with 19 shots. Uh, we had the XG of 2.37 
Um, I guess I can just start talking about the match then. With that said, mm-hmm. I mean, look, let, let me say this. I, I'm sure like everyone was, you know, surprised at the first minute goal. We came out of the gates looking very confident, very confident. It looked like we knew we were in for a tough match. Came out of the gates there. Sergio Oliveira got his first uh, with some brilliant work from Sasha Boy as well to make that one happen. He's been incredible, like we mentioned. That was in the first minute. And then I think, I think realization set in for everyone. And in the 15th minute, Konya scored an absolute banger. And then I think we realized it was going to be a difficult night, right? They weren't going to lay down for us. And uh, were you guys surprised with Konya? Like, you know, we called, we called, we called some possible fraudulence. You know, they, they haven't conceded. We called some possible fraudulence. But I, I thought they were playing really well, really well in the first half as well. I thought they're very organized, patient, keeping the ball. They're just, they're dangerous. They had more shots than mm-hmm. us. They're really pushing. Did that, mm-hmm. did that surprise you guys? I was kind of surprised. I called the fraudulence, but I was wrong. I think, John, the most surprising for me was we had an early goal that changes usually a lot of mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. for the game plan, for the tactics, for a team. And that 1-0 could have changed a lot for Konya. But we all know they're a very organized team. They've been playing for years with each other. So they know each other in and out. So they know what to expect from each other. So it's one of the most organized teams in the Super League. But what surprised me the most is how they could keep up the high pace that we mm-hmm. uh, put on in the beginning. And they could adapt to what we were playing. And they did that easily. Could see that, especially after the 1-0, they attacked, attacked, attacked the Chekiji guy with two or three shots, mm-hmm. amazing shots, yes. of which one was a goal. Yeah. That was the I first was goal very there, happy. Yeah. Exactly. I was very happy he, he had to be substituted. Unfortunate for him, but good for us. After that, did we play a good game? Yeah. We have a lot of good individual skill. Are we a good team? Are we just as good as a good team as Konyaspor? No, not yet. And that takes time. That takes years like Konyaspor or at least a few months for us to get well adapted because uh, that's a hard thing to achieve. And Konyaspor is doing that really well. And they hadn't conceded indeed before they came to uh, Nef Stadium, Ali Samian. And I didn't like Yusuf Demir. I liked Martins. <laughs> I guess that's your cue, Yasin. You want to retort? Uh, I mean, Yusuf Demir was a second half. Uh, I, second I do half, want to speak yeah. second half. That's what I said, right? So um, just to add on to that whole surprise thing that John was asking, are we, are, were we surprised with how Konya played? Absolutely. Um, and I think the players were too. And I think that's why the game was as close as it was. You, you score in the first minute of the game at home with all those fans behind your back. A lot of these guys are new players, right? You think the game's over. You think this is done for. Like, we're, we're going to win this 2, 3, 4, nothing. I mean, in, in the chat on the side, I was talking with my friends that were like, shit, we should have put like 2, nothing, 3, nothing on the first half win for Gala, right? That's what we, we were hyping. And I bet you the players on the field were thinking the same thing after minute one. This game's done. We scored one. We'll keep scoring. And then to see instead Konya keep on going as if like... You know, it's 0-0. Like, they have all the confidence in the world to take these shots. Like, you know, Cheeky G especially. He fucking 
bazooka that from God knows where. And then twice again, on, it hit the crossbar. They just kept testing Muslet. It's like we had a freaking night, uh, like a 19-year-old in goal where they just kept taking shots. Instead, you know, I guess this is reverting to the second half and the dying minutes, but that should have been us at the end of the game. When, when their goalie got a red card and they were playing with 10 men with, you know, a field player net, right. we should have done the same thing then and we didn't. You know, it's a little bit sidetracked now, but um, I think the players were definitely surprised. We were definitely not our best game. The second half was very slow compared to the first one, but I think that was part of our tactics, you know. Look, Konya is keeping up with us just the way that John said, you know, it's, it's kind of surprising and maybe we should play it simple, right? We're at home. We have good players. We have better players than them. You know, you can you can say that they have great chemistry. That's not a lie. But at the end of the day, we have much better quality players. You know, at an individual level. So let's 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 see how the forty five minutes goes. We'll find our goal sooner or later. And we did. Unfortunately, it was our own goal. You know, I would rather seen one of our players score. It's so funny. Like our three strikers are Gomis, Icardi, and Safarovic. And, you know, the one time that we thought Safarovic scored, it was an own goal. The one time we thought Icardi scored, it was an own goal. So, Gomez <laughs> is still the king with their strikers. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, there's, mo- there's more to say, but uh, I'll leave it the rest to you all for now. Um, we did take shots at them, actually. Uh, the problem is with us, all of our shots keep getting blocked. That happened quite a bit with Yunus yesterday. Um, again, someone's going to make me to be a Yunus hater. No, I love Yunus. I think he is one of the best and biggest prospects we have. But yesterday, he made a lot yeah, of mistakes, a lot of bad decisions. That's enough. <laughs> nope. Anywho, <laughs> let me talk about a little bit of the bad things that happened. In the first half, especially, we just allowed Konya Sport to come at us with ease. Like, they <laughs> cut through us like butter. And I don't know. I think it's a problem with our midfield. I think we need to be more compact there. We can't keep letting Torreira be alone there, trying to clean up after... Every ball that's lost. But Ocon saw this and he fixed it up in the second half. And we were much more compact there. We didn't concede as many attacks from Konya as you could. I don't know if you guys remember if there being any like net chances in the second half. Because I don't remember there being that many as opposed to the first half. But yeah, unfortunate for Cardi that it was an own goal. But he's the one that forced that own goal. And uh, who's the, the mm-hmm. defender there? Calvo? He was having an amazing game. Yeah. Apart from the first goal, he's having an amazing game and he forced that. And that goes back to Cardi, him being the poacher in the box, right? Mm. Back from my homework, he that awareness is, is going to get us a lot of goals, a lot of positions in the game. Um, but yeah. yeah. Right. So definitely wasn't our uh, best game, as everyone else mentioned. I think last week we played much better. But having said that, Konya Sport is a good side. I stand corrected. Last week I did call them frauds and I said we'll bank three goals easily. I was wrong. Okay, they're a good team, but they're not the best in the league because Garcia is clearly the best by far, both, um, I believe, tactically and both with the quality of our players. I think tactically, in the game, we were there, we played wide, um, we kept a high line in the defense. The midfield was pretty tight. Yeah, first half, they did get past us a few times, but second half, like Emre said, they didn't get past us properly, at least. What else can I say that no one else has already mentioned? Um, Sasha boy! <laughs> Sasha boy, once again, played out of his mind. And as as much as I love to see him play the way he does, it just makes me upset because I think he's going to go in winter. I, I don't see him stay too long because he already does want him to leave. Like he wanted to leave in the summer transfer window. I don't nah, want him I to leave. I think he'll stay. I think he'll stay. I think uh, he'll... I, ho- I hope so. I think he'll taste that cup coming in, the championship, and he'll stay and yeah. at least to get I, that I cup. Hope, I hope he does. Or if he leaves, I think um, 15 million at least... 
should be good. Or because it's winter, I think we can even bump that up closer to 20. Mm. Um, but other than that, you know, Emin, Emin Baydam had a, not his best game. He had a missed, uh, stuffed up a couple of duels, but I think that's fine. Look, he's a youth player. You got to um, give him a bit of leeway. But I also don't like talking too much crap about youth players either because they're a bit delicate. You got to take it easy on them. But you know, uh, nothing you, you know what I find very interesting? So in a lot of cases, the cheapest players in a lot of teams are the fullbacks. They're often the not only the cheapest to buy, but a lot of fullbacks are the cheapest on wages as well. And mm-hmm. it's so rare that you'll look at a team and you'll say that their best player is a fullback. And when you're in a team where from top to bottom, there's just superstar names like Mertens, Icardi, Lucas Torreira, all of these names, our best player is Sasha Boy. And I find that mm-hmm. that, like, that, that just is so, it, it, that's just crazy to me, you know? And uh, it's, he's such a young player that was virtually unknown before we, you know, he, he came to us. And in my opinion, he's our best player and he's been the best player on the pitch, like pretty much every single game that he started for us. And that's exactly what you guys were, were, were saying, you know, whether he's going to stay or leave. I hope he does stay. And uh, I think that he has a lot, like the ceiling is very high for him, I feel like. And I, I can't help but think it would be a little bit early to let him go. Like, I think he's at the early stages where I, I, I'd rather him, you know, develop and become a little more mature and we, I think we can get more money for him, but we'll, we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, but it's a mysterious case with Bowie. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened. Yeah. And I still, when I see him, have this sense of, is he happy here? Does he want to stay here? I'm, I'm just not sure. I love the guy. I'm going to buy his no, no. Uh, shirt, but I don't know what's going on in, behind the curtains. And that's the problem. No, I, I think I think it's changing for the better. I, I, I'm not worried about it like I used to be. I used to always bring it up like this kid doesn't want to be here, but I'm being proven every single game and afterwards, before, you know, in his interviews, the way that he interacts with his teammates and not just Bekan now because Bekan and him were best friends since the beginning and now he's mm-hmm. actually interacting Dubois. with other teammates too. Dubois, you know, Gomis, other French-speaking guys on the team and they're just having a good time. And he's smiling more often. There was just a video on Twitter recently where he's just like interacting with random fans on the streets too. So that's good to see. Um, The rumor is he and his manager apologize and no, there's even rumors of an extension coming around the corner. So that's good things. Uh, I'd rather not focus so much about him potentially leaving. Although I've said it before, if he keeps playing like this every single game, there's no way we're going to be able to hold him, right? Well, come yeah. January, there's absolutely no shot. And he um, might get to the French national team because yeah, he, he yeah. said, wait to Cameroon. Yeah, yeah, I, I would wait to. Just, just, exactly. Just the way that like, you know, Ferdi told the uh, Turkey to wait for a little bit because he was waiting for the Netherlands to tell, you know, potentially send an invite. He never got it, but... Bowie's like levels ahead, you know, it's, it's not even comparable. Mm-hmm. And he's still just 21. I think he, what, he turned 22 recently, I think last yeah. week or this week. Yeah, cut the pie. So, um, but yeah, he's just, you know, every single week, he's one of our best players, you know. And speaking of Bowie, I just want to talk about the game too. Like last week against it was uh, Kasim Pasha, right? Yeah. We almost scored minute one. And that was also from Yunus and Sacha on the right side. Do you guys remember that? We were, you know, yeah, Sacha yeah. and Yunus interacted some couple passes and then Yunus put an amazing dished cross right over Gomez into Kerem, I think it was. It was and we over almost scored Oliveira. there too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh and yes you're right it was over Oliveira we almost scored and the exact same thing I mean it wasn't like 100% exactly the same but again minute one down the right side you knew Sacha give and go exactly. and this time Sacha was able to pull in a little bit use his strength he just absolutely bullies everybody in this league apparently. and I want to mention something you guys said last episode because I wasn't there to, to defend the Dutch rights PVA and in general, everyone has okay. a role and there's a tactic for everyone. The reason Sasha Bowie is doing so well is also depending on the roles that they are given. And PVA has a very different role. And you guys shat on him too much because defensively, he's doing his job. He's doing the role he needs to do. So stop messing with my duchies, all right? He still uh, sucks going forward. How about uh, yes. those process? That's what are you going to say about the process? Exactly. Dubois did what he needed to do for the past 100 minutes. Because he was given a different role. Minutes. Dubois was given we, a different role. We were role. also complaining yeah. a lot during uh. the first few games where we couldn't score. And that was a huge criticism. We couldn't score because like, he can't kick the ball. Every time he ki- tries kicking the ball, somehow it goes into the fucking corner flag. But that, that's a different discussion. But defensively, he's good. Defensively, he's pretty good. Mm. We're not saying anything about his defensive capabilities. Do you want to go back to the times where we were desperate to get a left back that's not injured every uh, every other week? Ooh. Well, so we he have w- to love he, him just because he doesn't no. get injured. <laughs> he was bought. I know, I know. No, like, he was these, bought. Are, these are like basic requirements to be bought. For his consistency. <laughs> look, look, defensively, no one has a question about him. He he does what he's got to do. When Sasha Boy is up, he falls back into the middle. So, so we go three at the back. He does exactly. what he's got to do. But... But that's that's what every fullback has to do. That's fullback one hundred and one. If the if the opposite fullback is going up, you you stand back. So you play three at the back. It's that's just that's the first thing you know as a fullback. But going forward, bro, like Dumbass was apparently on. born do, do yesterday. A few, do a, do a few drills. Do a few drills. Get that crossing in order. Even your shot taking, it's pretty trash. I'm sick of seeing it. But his he's shots. just lucky. His crosses was just going on, you know, continuing. How about you his know, touch? We need, to, we need to talk about Adana Demirspor game next week. Okay, we, we will. <laughs> I just, I just, we just have to get, because like everybody's, you know, nobody's saying he's not good defensively. There was this one ball. I don't know if you guys remember. It was Torere who played it. Van Aanholt made an excellent run down the left side. And he does this well every single game. I give him credit for that. But when the ball comes to him, it's like, oh God, like am I watching Sabri or am I watching Van Aanholt here? The ball came to him and like when he should have tried and control the ball, he like headed the ball. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. It bounced. <laughs> Down towards he uh, Gomez. It's like, yeah, he like he headed the ball to the defender or the goalie or something. Like, bro, what are you doing? Like he had a brain fart. Cue, you know, Maza's <laughs> brain fart comment. But like, that, that's what, but that's what happens every single uh, time Vanahno gets the ball on the left side in the attack. And it's just so frustrating. Like, but, you know, speaking of Van Holt, we saw the ball coming in the second half and he did, I think it was, Emma was just mentioning, he did what he's supposed to do. Put a beautiful cross in, Icardi made the defender struggle and we scored because of it. If that was Van Holt down the left side, God knows where that ball would end up, you know, maybe on the other side of the field, you know, instead. And maybe we wouldn't have scored there. So that's huge right there. And after the game, Okan made a comment about this too. I don't know if he initiated the comment or if somebody asked him about it, but... You know, the conversation was the ball on the left side. He's like, look, listen, when the ball came, we knew that he played left back in the past and we've played with him in the practice like that too. And he did a good job. And we're, you know, it's something that we'll keep in mind going forward. So, Van Hanot, if you're listening, bro, you got to work on your crosses and your passes or else that French mate's going to take your position. That's all I would say. He did it with his weak foot too, Van Hanot. I was surprised, honestly, that Dubois came as a left back. He hadn't played a lot of left back games over his total career. Um, I was 
sure that we wouldn't see him there unless we had someone else instead of Sasha Boy for for more of a balance. But uh, I guess in the dying minutes, things change. But anyway, I wanted to, because we don't have much time left, I wanted to ask you last comments on the game before we go to the predictions. Yeah, I'll make uh, just some closing comments. Last week, I said that each game, I saw a noticeable improvement in a lot of areas. I could see improvements in the team coming together and chemistry building and things like that. Um, I saw shades of that in this match. Again, like we said, it wasn't the best team performance. Um, But uh, look, we're getting results. This was a good test for the first time this season, I, I guess, other than Trap Zone. But this was a good test for us. We passed the test. We got three points here. So it's looking good for, for the rest of the season. I, I think that, you know, by the time this the team comes together and everyone, are, you know, the whole team is firing on all cylinders. We have Okan Buruk firing on all cylinders. Everyone settles in. I think we're going to be very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. So we'll see what happens. But it's looking good uh, in my eyes so far, at least. Yeah. Uh, if I could put in the last word about what we did. Listen, guys, this is Konya Sport, who hasn't conceded a single goal up until now. They were about to break a league record in their history. And we attacked really well. I know we conceded a lot of uh, attacks, but getting the amount of attacking stats we did against Konya Sport is insane. They, they came to us as leaders. We took the crown from them. We took the crown from Gaziantep. And next uh, game that we have, we play Aldana Demispor and potentially going to take the crown from them too god willing inshallah all right then i'd like to start with getting the predictions against adana demirspor from mazar adana demirspor is currently first the same points as us and we have a game against them next what do you think it will be i'm gonna say another 3-1 prediction reason being they do score a lot but they also concede a lot so I think we will get three past them and we'll take the crown and number first at number first at first. All right. What about you, Yasin? This one's tough. Uh, the optimist in me will always say a win, but I don't think it's going to be easy, especially away at Adana. Um, but I think Miles makes an excellent point about their defense and they just got their, one of their main defenders today got a red card versus Antalya. So I think that's huge for Lovely. us. You know, it doesn't make their weak defensive situation any better. I'm going to say... I'm gonna say three one two because we got we got some time to prep for that game and this today's game was like a very uh, wake up call for all of us. Look, we're good, but we need to improve and we need to show our fans that we need to be better too. So I see this game being that one three one away win. Okay, okay. For for myself, uh, I'm gonna say five two. It's gonna be a killer. Oh, wow. Every all the misses of Sergio <laughs> Oliveira, everything is gonna be all in this game, and I'm gonna put a few uh, few dollars perhaps as well. On a 5-2, probably 121 odds. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see you next week, yeah? That'll be sick. What about you, Emre? You <laughs> I'm not predicting because yeah. uh, we're winning. Yeah, yeah. Keep on going like sabotage. that. You're doing good. That, that, I will say that defender getting a red card is actually not good for us because he's actually terrible. <laughs> he's if terrible. he's terrible and he starts, yeah. I, how about, you know... The no, but I watched the game. The, 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 the new bench should be center back. more terrible then. Dude, the center back that actually came in in his place did better. Like he was more solid than Rakitsky. Rakitsky <laughs> does a, a, a penalty almost every other game. And he has like three pens this season, I think. Two, mm. It's ridiculous. Wow. So uh, go ahead, John. Well, unfortunately, I'm of a different opinion. And it's, it always sucks. It really sucks watching the first match back after the international break. It's never fun. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's going to be tight because I think Adana, I, I think they're actually a good side and they're very exciting. They're fun to watch, but it's always, you always get that BS after the international break. So I'm going to say a very slim, a very slim one nothing win for us. All right. All right. All right. Well, what about you, Saleh? Oh, wait, you're not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like John said, next week. International break, the week after, 1st of October, is the Saturday when we'll play against Adana, so we'll be back then. Um, I'll try to release a BTF episode for the listeners next week, so they have something to listen while we're off. And, alright. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the time. If you made it this far, you'll also probably subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com, the Lions Den GS. Or go and follow us on Twitter. We're super active. We got a lot of things going on. You can find us under the handle at the Lions Dan GS. Thank you all. And have a good night. Bye-bye. Peace.